starting with really young citizens and then also that's going to of course like have an impact on their families and overall economies as well you don't maybe you need to think about it a bit selfishly as well that oh why should i help like this movement or why should i invest in this or why should i even like care about this it's because tomorrow it's going to build a stronger economy for you as well this is the business innovation and technology podcast and you're listening to the second half of a panel discussion on the social impact of NFTs with guests Marley Arabidi, Elisa Merkeline, Maddie Lieber, and Ren Feizu, moderated by Jess Lau. If you haven't listened to part one, go back to hear our guests discuss some of the unique opportunities emerging around NFTs. I'm Jordan Roger Smith, and I'd like to welcome you to our show. What do you think is still needed? to make Web3 in the NFT space more accessible to new creators and participants? I think I can probably start on this because being someone within the company, I've been thinking this, about this a lot, how, how to make it more accessible to users from engineering, product, and all those perspectives. So I felt like a few things, right? Number one, it's definitely going to be the ease of use. It's really important for all the companies to focus on that and to try to shield the users away from the NFT concept, to be honest, because I felt like lots of engineers are got like pretty excited about this concept. They just keep telling everybody about decentralization. But in the end of the day, it's people don't really care, but the, the word like that actually scares lots of people away. So I felt like it's, you know, definitely counterproductive. And that needs to go all the way, you know, deep into the product design. We, we got to take some of the terminology out of the equation. Users shouldn't need to understand decentralization or trust that or blockchain to use their service. There needs to be this more kind of a conceptual box right, around each of these engineering terminologies. So that would, I think, overall make these um, services much more user-friendly in general. For payments, it's the same thing. Uh, I see uh, they even have all of these engineering concepts like a net. Oh, you're on the main net, you're on test net. I'm like, like, there's no way. It took me like 15 minutes to research that. Or how could you expect like someone not even from from developed the country understand that? It's just, just not possible. So I, I do feel like, and this is just at Maddie's point, right? I felt like women, they just have more empathy in general. Uh, I have some side business. I've been working with uh, you know, customers directly as well, wearing my customer service hat. Sometimes I just felt like my female coworker, they're just like way better at dealing with um, some of these requests. It's just like in the nature of it. So I think we, we need a lot of that thinking, right? When we design the, the products for the users. And the other thing is definitely the cost. Right now, the reason lots of people are accusing you know, the, the empty communities are just selling really expensive stuff to, to rich people. Sometimes I would say you just have to because the fee doesn't make it reasonable to sell $5 digital items at all because the fee is $50 or something across the board. So I felt like the cost has been one of the biggest challenges. We're already seeing some you know, really good solutions towards that direction to minimize the cost, to batch it, and make it faster and all that. So I think that's definitely on a good path. I am seeing lots of people inside, outside the company just doing the right thing, really trying to lower the bar uh, to use all of the softwares. That makes me very optimistic about the, the trend. One more thing, because I came from gaming with the meta, I think lots of these blockchain games need to be more fun than more expensive. It's a little bit ironic because gaming was a space everybody was like, oh, this got to be where an IoT explodes. And then... Actually, the community fall the hardest. They really fall back. They literally killed lots of the efforts in this space because they felt, you, you keep talking about blockchain and NFT, but the game is not better. It's not more interesting. It's just more expensive, right? Why should I support you? 
in building all these blockchain games. It just doesn't make any sense. So I felt like if on top of ease of use and uh, lower cost, uh, we can probably also think about how to make it more fun, right? Because games have 3 billion users in this world. If you can really make it go, make it work for these people or provide like real value I'm talking about, not just for uh, group identities and all that. And also maybe you think about the utilities. I feel like they will go a very long way to the creators, to participants, like the entire community. Yeah, I think utility is a big thing, helping people understand this NFT that I own, how does this help me do something, get something, understand something, give back to something. So understanding how that ties into the rest of the world, that that kind of helps a little bit from a mental model perspective. But I, I love what Renfei said about ease of use and accessibility. I myself have onboarded many women in my life, friends, family members, and it's really hard doing an hour long screen share video explaining these are all of the terminology that we use. There's so many acronyms. There's different ways that you can get money even into your wallet to be able to start purchasing NFTs. There's a waiting period after you load money in. There's so many different questions that people ask. And without someone there who can hold your hand and help walk you through it, it can be a little bit scary. And so I think it's been great to see that there in the past three, four months, there's been a huge surge in communities that are specifically focused on empowering and celebrating women within the space. I think we need to go much further. Right now, it feels like there's a lot of women who have onboarded. There's way more women that need to onboard, but there's a lot of communities that we are celebrating women. We have these principles of DE&I that we talk about daily, but there's a lot of work that needs to be done for the rest of the 95% of the NFT world. And so using these communities as a, a way to help people enter the space, but then encouraging them to take these principles to all of the other communities and all of the, even beyond the NFT space in general and Web3 as well, just because we don't want to create these silos where we have women and, and men as our allies in one space, but we aren't bringing that to the broader rest of the NFT world. So I think that's where we need that's the space that we need to get to in order for there really to be changed on a more ecosystem level. The beauty of the Web3 ecosystem is the amount of foundational knowledge that you need to know just to get involved is actually relatively low. But the problem with it is it's all tactical, experiential learning topics, right? And so it requires a higher touch um, approach to learning and educating other people. And unfortunately, we don't have a lot of scalable resources to help people learn in mass about these tactical onboarding topics. And so there are Coursera courses and Udacity and other things that will help with some of the concepts around blockchain. But the ideas of like, how do you create a wallet? What do you do with your seed phrase? Making sure that you have like baseline understandings of how to actually use the technology is really lacking. I think that's something that we will need to figure out because we can't just have everybody relying on their friends teaching them. Both from the friends perspective, it's not scalable. You won't be able to get the adoption that you need. And from an equity and access perspective, like we can't assume that everyone has a friend that they can lean on who has the knowledge and or the time to sit down. So figuring out like a scalable solution to onboarding is going to be really critical for more equitable adoption. We are women rise said like at the end of last year was that one of our goals is to onboard 100,000 women and girls into the space by the end of 2022. And to me, it's very important that when I say 100,000, I'm not just like talking about people who speak English, but also like people from around the world. Again, this 
why I keep saying this is because I'm an immigrant and then I just sometimes even think how am I supposed to say the word metaverse in like my language so there's no word for it how can we or even like for the people that like where I only speak two languages but like how do I communicate with people how do like we onboard people who where we don't even have a common language at all but it's it's not shouldn't be limited to a certain group so how we're doing that is we're working with collaborating with global organizations that already have systems in place and they have trained staffs where they are speaking in English with a group of people and then they're speaking in their native language with the group that they're trying to train or support or contribute to and communities they're trying to contribute to and so far we have worked with four organizations for that and then we're working on our fifth one and these are global organizations working in anywhere from South Asian countries to working in the African continent to South America. And I'm very proud of that. Another thing that I have, I absolutely love seeing in the Web3 space is that at least, at least I've seen this uh, in a lot of female-like projects is that they have this entire department within their project dedicated to education. And I feel like no matter if you're releasing like, like, five NFTs or whether or, or a project that has five NFTs or 5,000 NFTs or 10,000 NFTs, even if you have a page for your community, because of course there's YouTube and there's other things, uh, articles out there, how people can learn, but there's something very, but people keep asking the same questions, right? There's a reason for that because they think like asking directly is more, they'll get better information instead of automated information or like information that they're going to have to try too hard for. So if you're building a community, even if you write like one page, just step by step, this is how you do, how you mint an NFT, what's blockchain or what's MetaMask or how you connect your wallet, how do you make a wallet, this is how you mint like our NFT. Not only will that help your business, like in terms of bringing new people who want to be holders, but that's automatically as a community, as founders or as pioneers in this space, we're collectively deciding that this is how we're going to be educating people who we're trying to onboard. Women Rise has 5,600 holders. We we like launched two months ago. Having that number at such an early stage is I'm very proud of that. But that came from us literally even going to people, just exp- like sharing that piece of paper that this is how you do it. And then they minted one NFT or two NFTs, just like how they would buy one piece of art or two pieces of art. They wouldn't buy necessarily 10 pieces, like an experienced NFT collector would. So I think understanding that, like how people look at art or purchasing art in real world and how can we remove that barrier? But it doesn't start with education. And the third thing we're really excited about and what we're doing is we're working directly with students in many universities around the world and building chapters. And they're specifically designed to onboard women and girls, but we have a lot of male professors and a lot of male students being a part of that as well. And that's contributing directly to the knowledge of computer science, the knowledge of blockchain, and the knowledge of Web3 and NFTs as well. So those are the three things that we're working on. And I'm really, and I feel like that's something that is scalable because there are endless universities, there are endless organizations, and there are endless projects that are coming out. 
So I feel like that could be a good start. But of course, every day we're, we're creative people. Like so together as a community, I feel like we can come up with many better solutions as well. When you look back at the early days of Web2, learning offerings were not a priority. And it's taken a very long time for large companies to come around to the fact that's actually one of the best ways for you to drive your revenue and sustain a successful business is to bring more people in, not just rely on the people that are already there within your audience groups. And so even like Meta, Google, these large companies are now starting to invest more heavily in education-based lines of business. But when you look at NFT collections or some of the Web3 projects, education was automatically built in from the beginning. It's always been a priority um, for the groups that have started early. And Women Rise, it's a high quality aspect of their mission where they're really invested in it from a purpose perspective. And we recognize that it's a common entry point for a lot of women in the Web3 ecosystem. And it's really important for us to support people that way. So we have security sessions that people can come to and attend to get high trust information from a group that they already have a strong relationship with, a help desk where you can submit tickets and have people manage it. I feel like our moderators are sometimes the Apple Genius Bar people, but it's really important to have that built in. And the fact that organizations that are on a much smaller scale are thinking about that way before businesses that are 100 times the size is interesting. And I think it speaks to the fact that a lot of the high profile projects or businesses in Web3 were really grassroots started. And so they have that higher or let's say a greater pulse connection with the community so that they're focusing on education from the get-go. I also want to say I definitely agree with uh, Malikhan, the language part, because I'm an immigrant and I didn't start speaking English until my early 20s, a few years back. And uh, I felt like the if you don't fill the gap for the language, there will be lots of scams and fraud. It could be like for us, it's probably an easy search on Google and then three seconds you get, okay, this is probably a scam. It's not how it works. But in other different languages, we have uh, thousands of languages in this world. And I felt at least we should try to have some of these education materials available in a few major ones. And I think that will go a long way, just, just protecting the users in general. So they don't get hurt, get bite like the, the first try. Because bad actors are actually those who work harder sometimes. And uh, if we don't fill the gaps, definitely they will do, right? And they will just twist the content to whatever their benefits. Yeah, I, I just want to say the language part, uh, just it resonates with me a lot. Yeah, the opportunities are abundant. I think in the previous question, we talked about how like all the jobs in Web 2 will exist in Web 3, but there's still so much work to be done to make it more accessible, especially around learning and education. And it looks like we're taking the right steps over there from a foundational perspective, bridging that language and communication gap to your point, Malia and Renfei. And then to M's point, like ease of use, especially like in the onboarding phase, making sure that we can tie those to like hands-on real world experiences. And then to Maddie's point, like making that solution to onboarding scalable so that we can bring more people in. We can't really continue to rely on a friend or expect to have a friend that will give you that type of white glove support in, into the space. So how can the metaverse help open these doors and set NFT creators and communities up to succeed? So I think one of the things that, that I'm most excited about that it's perfectly timed. If you look at where we've been at in history in the world of work and what does work look like, We've seen in the past two years that it's changed dramatically. There's many more companies now who are remote first. And with that, it means you don't need to live in 
San Francisco, in London, in Tokyo to get a, a job at a top company or to find something that you're passionate about. People can work from the comfort of their own home in their pajamas if they want, and it can be anyone from anywhere. And so I think the level of accessibility to get into this world is grow- is going up and up. But as as others have said, Malia and Renfe, the importance of making sure that accessibility is open for everyone from a cultural perspective, from a language barrier perspective, we definitely still have a lot of work to do on that front. But from the location and geographic basis, I'm so excited to see that even from a hiring standpoint, you can hire people from anywhere in the world and they don't need to be just people that you can meet in a coffee shop for an in-person interview or people that you've met at a networking event that you need to pay $1,000 for a ticket to go to, right? There's so many more opportunities now for anyone to start building these connections to get into the industry and as a, as of someone who's passionate about what's going on to work really hard and demonstrate your skills and be able to build those connections. So I think that cultural phenomenon of how we interact with one another, how we build connections, how we learn about different cultures, because we're building these relationships and these friendships with people from all around the world. So I think our our level of empathy as we can interact with people online will grow as we have these new experiences. And the way that we view friendships, I think that definition will be redefined as we are able to meet in this new virtual environment that's facilitated by the metaverse. And we can work in that environment as well. So the the emphasis on localization will slowly shift more towards globalization, which I think is a great thing as we try to be more open and diverse with the way that we think about solving problems and building products and creating communities. So I'm excited for what the future is to come. And I think the timing of the adoption of NFTs and Web3, along with the acceleration of the remote work environment is really interesting to see how that will play out over the next few years. I totally agree on that, especially with the communities. I feel right now with all of the utilities we have, the platforms uh, we're on, the community is already very strong, right? The, how they organize, et cetera. But I felt like if we really enter into the metaverse uh, era, the online communities will just be stronger, right? Way stronger, actually. And what's interesting is that will be more complex user behaviors evolving from that. Just for example, right now, everything you see from the physical world can be to a certain degree mapped into the metaverse. I think recently there is this game, not recently, it has been roughly a year, a blockchain game called X-Infinity. In, in this game, supposedly you are actually owning everything you have, right? And there is real scarcity in resources and the capital in the game. Just think of it in five years, if we're looking at a, a metaverse with that kind of either gaming engine or you can even say a, a probably universe engine, right? Powering that kind of mechanics, you have scar- uh, scarcity in resources or most of the uh, things you can use to, to do things. There will be basically politicians, right? There will be salesmen. Actually, there are already salesmen right now selling virtual real estate. So I think when you map the physical world into the metaverse, uh, you can almost project all the opportunities there as well, right? The size will vary, but in the end of the day, you will have roughly very similar categories there. So I think that's definitely something I personally feel very excited about, and lots of my creator and artist friends are are passionate about that as well, because it really just removes lots of these constraints on, on time and space. And also, let's say, it doesn't matter where you come from. I think Mark Zuckerberg, a few years back, he also talked about it, sh- it shouldn't matter much if you're born in Palo Alto or 
maybe somewhere in Asia, right? You should have somehow an equal chance. So I think this metaverse breaking the boundaries of time and space, that would really just help the global population to solve lots of problems in general and create lots of new opportunities. I want to quickly, I got really excited when Renfe was talking about XA Infinity. And it has been so, like, it has been quite amazing for several communities around the world. And then I heard somebody from the US and they're like, you don't even earn that much. It's the thing is that, yeah, you don't, it's to you, it's not because where you are, the cost of living is insane. But where they are, where the other communities are, that's a that's like a life-changing amount that somebody can support their family using that money. So I think the opportunities in the metaverse beyond even just these exciting opportunities to make like a certain amount of money with games to running a business online to having let's say like your small business set up in the metaverse to having an NFT collection to start with. I feel like all of these opportunities are like yeah we're talking about we're talking like leaders and we're talking like pioneers how do we change the world but even on a very individual level people not everybody needs to change the world using nfts and metaverse all they need to do is earn enough to sustain themselves and sustain their like maybe help their families as well and i think that's what metaverse and the nft space can do for a lot just a few days ago i had a student from pakistan and Her mother is the one who supports her education. She's in university. And she uploaded like 10 art pieces to Polygon blockchain, sold them, and she was able to earn three semesters worth of fee. And her each NFT, it was 10 NFTs, and her each NFT was uh, 0.02. So not even for us, if I see an NFT of that price, I'll be like, oh my God, I'm buying like 100 because that's so cheap. But to her, that paid for three semesters worth of tuition. So I feel like that's like the potential of metaverse and NFTs on an individual level. And of course, like throughout these conversations, we have discussed like what it can look like in the most radical form. For us at Women Rise, the most radical idea, at least what I have at, at the moment or what the team is working on, is building the first school in the metaverse. Financial issues are just one of the reasons why 258 million children are out of school. There are also issues, especially with girls, like cultural issues, not being allowed to get an education. If a family has limited resources, they're going to they're going to prefer the boy to go to the school because instead of the instead of their daughter because they're going to see him as like the breadwinner of the house. So these are like building the first school in the metaverse. You don't have to rely on a physical building. You don't have to rely on physical books. You have access to teachers from around the world. And you can have an education, like flexible education around around your own schedule. But then we have to deal with the digital divide and also the language barriers and the cultural issues and stuff. So these are the things that through collaboration, through community support and through the metaverse, we can we can really use the innovation that's taking place in Web3, in the NFT space, in the metaverse space to make sure that we are like, like starting with really young citizens. And then also that's going to, of course, like have an impact on their families and overall economies as well. You don't, maybe you need to think about it a bit selfishly as well that, oh, why should I help like this movement or why should I invest in this or why should I even like care about this? It's because tomorrow it's going to build a stronger 
economy for you as well. It doesn't just need to be for like a girl or a woman or like marginalized communities. So I think that's the potential of metaverse and Web3 and NFTs. When we talk about the metaverse, it's there's a lot that goes into that, right? There's the AR, VR components, there's resourcing around funding, there's uh, like certain amount of knowledge base that's required, your global reach is just much larger than some of the other scales that we're operating on. But there's great things too, like the flexibility that it introduces to other people, the potential that Malia was talking about. But still, this sounds talking about the exact same things I'd mentioned in other questions, the educational component is really critical. And so when we're talking about Meta as a company and Mark's version of the metaverse, one of the things that we really will need to invest in is educational infrastructure. And it's conveniently something that we're really well poised to do. We've done this for small and medium businesses, bringing them into the digital ad space, onboarding like millions of small businesses. And I think that as a company, we need to leverage our opportunity to bring in like best in class talent, rigorous internal development processes, and then the actual technical components and global reach that we already have to figure out a way to help people get into Web3 and into the metaverse. And the only way that we're going to be able to set up creators and communities for success is if we have widened that net to not only existing creators and communities, but also potential future creators and communities. There's just so much life-changing wealth um, and experiences already being created in the metaverse and in Web3. And Malia, I love your point on that. What does that look like in the most radical form when we talk about the school being built in the metaverse? So my final question over here is, what are the different ways the NFT space could evolve in the next two to five years? One of the things that I find super interesting right now about the whole space of NFTs, but also Web3 and the metaverse in general is Every day I am meeting some of the most incredibly smart and forward thinking and creative people that I have ever met. And I've spent a lot of time in San Francisco meeting people working on wild startups. So I'm super excited for what's to come in this world. I think we can't even begin to fathom what's to come in the next five years. We'll see incredible innovations in terms of what are all of the different applications of NFTs? How can they be used for things like membership passes, loyalty rewards, gaming, the creator economy, governance and contracts and everything to do with legal documentation. And the the world, the opportunities are endless. And with the types of big brain energy that is working on this problem right now and building in this space, I think in five years, it will seem like, oh, it's so obvious. It's so commonplace. These things are baked into the core daily practices that we live and breathe as we just wake up in the morning. But I think if we think about it from now, it would be absolutely mind boggling. So I think this is a space to watch. There's a lot of innovation happening and I'm just blown away by the people who are in this space from a professional standpoint, from a personal interest standpoint, people working on side projects while they work at really cool companies, people that are coming into this space full time to develop, to build, to meet other like-minded individuals. And I think the, as we talked a lot about over the past hour or so, there's a lot of options for 
people with really different ways of thinking to get into this space and to be a part of that product development process. So as we all know, having more diverse minds in the room helps immensely, not just from a cultural perspective within companies, but also the way that you build products, having people from various backgrounds that have different ways of thinking about problems and different ways of creating solutions for those problems. The amount of innovation that we'll see, I think is just going to balloon and skyrocket. So it's a non-answer to the question, but I'm just really excited for what's to come because the amount of innovation that's happening and the speed at which it's happening, it's like breaking your neck, you're moving so fast speed, but so exciting and so exhilarating. Yep. And also I think in the next you know two to five years, there will be lots of technological uh, breakthroughs, hopefully. <laughs> Based on the trajectory we're on, I think we're, I'm pretty optimistic. I think AR will actually give an NFT community a major boost down the road because right now NFT actually has a consumption issue. You cannot actually consume it. Or the value, somehow it's still bundled tied to the group identity you're buying into, um, you know, the social values of that. But once AR kicks in, uh, that's really a bridge between the, the virtual world and the physical world. So you can pretty easily just display or actually use your uh, digital asset in, in the real world. And maybe in, even a little bit more interactive with other people. You can share the asset, et cetera. Right? We all need that bridge. So I feel like AR, just being a, a utility, a tool to empower the value of, of an IoT, that would be very exciting. And again, I think I keep talking about this, about this, right? Web 3 compared to Web 2, lots of stuff are baked in. And I like how it just forces the big companies to, to rethink their monetization model. For the Web 2 world, basically, you have this recipe, right? It's you, you put a bunch of traffic into it, you get enough users, you build this central platform, you're powerful, you go IPO, you do ads, right? So that's pretty much the, the recipe. But I think for the Web 3 world, it forces people to think, okay, how do we just do revenue share in the first place? Let, let's forget about the traffic for a bit. We have this token economy. Everybody has ownership. They can influence decisions and they will get a cut on whatever engagement they have, the, the contributions they have. Um, that just sounds like, to me, a, a better model intuitively, right? Of course, there will be lots of details that have to be figured out. But overall, I felt like the exponential growth we're seeing last year, I think it was a 250 X growth last year for NFT from 94 to 24 point, 94 million to 24.9 billion. And Jeff Bezos talked about how 26,000% seemed cool. Actually, 2,600% for him in 1994, he felt like, oh, that was crazy for internet. Now we're like 10X of that growth. So I'm just saying that it's not, I know lots of people are pretty uh, you know, pessimistic about NFT or they, they criticize it a lot, understandably. But still, I feel like there's real value into it. If you just talk to the creators, right? talk to the people who have been enabled and empowered, you would know the difference. We cannot just read some news and say, oh, that's just you know, not there. Uh, it's definitely there. I think there's a value there. I like how it just bottom up pushes all of the, the big companies to rethink their models. And hopefully down the road, we're, we're seeing a healthier IT industry and a healthier ecosystem. I absolutely agree with what Rente has just said, all of the points, honestly. I think at the moment, a lot of people are entering this space for various reasons. Artists are probably entering because of the creative side of things in the NFT space. There are also a lot of people who are seeing wealth and financial opportunities. And then there's like a group of people who are just like coming into the space due to FOMO. 
all of all reasons are absolutely valid <laughs> i feel like because uh, even if you're entering this space due to fomo you're still like pushing yourself to learn i do think in the two to five years uh, nft space is just going to be you probably won't even be using the word nfts just like how we don't use the term worldwide web <laughs> so i feel like nfts will just be such a huge part of our lives or even with social media like we used to be like oh yeah social media is so great like it connects people but nobody talks about that aspect of it it's so normal for us so i feel like nfts will very quickly become like a very normal thing where tickets will be nfts where maybe if you're buying a physical thing like at i don't know like at a branded store or something or anywhere you will get like a digital asset for it that you can i don't know like use later on or flip on uh, some marketplace or some ETH or I don't know, some uh, crypto or something, that's a possibility. But one thing that I would really like, like to the people who are listening in or to the people like who are thinking about this space is that this hype of like being able to make an NFT project, you will sell it. I think that's still not very true. Like there's a lot of hardware that goes into the, the space. And of course, some people may like ride the way sometimes, but it's not going to last for that long. I just don't think, I don't think it's sustainable that it will last that long. So might as well take advantage of it right now as a creative, as a creator. And I think then like the projects that exist right now, of course, like I do feel like they will have first, first opportunity or initial opportunities to explore how this space is expanding. And as mentioned, like there's so many ways how it can expand. Like we're already seeing like some really fun things, but then once people get off that, that high of okay so much money in the space so many nfts look at my collection all of, all of that fun thing right like i think after that high i think people will start to see the true potential of it and in all honesty even i don't know what it looks like regardless of the fact that i have been in this space for several months i'm still learning i know a lot of people are learning there's no such thing as nft experts <laughs> so i yeah I, all i want to say is this space is moving really fast we will see. We, there's a lot to a lot to look forward to. I feel like it's it's quite exciting. Along with the vein of what everybody else has been saying, we have no idea what it's going to look like in the next two to five years. But the community around is some of the most forward link like looking individuals I think I've ever met in my entire life. And everyone has a different idea. It's just an incredibly innovative group of people. But Franfei was saying this is all about bridging IRL value to digital assets, and that makes sense, right? That art and photography and gaming identities were some of the first areas that had strong parallels. But in the next iteration, we're going to need to look into how we manage kind of atomic transactions that are really inefficient today. And I think that we'll start seeing NFTs not only for the art perspective, but for the opportunity in efficient exchange, right? And so things like Marriage licenses, they do not need to be stored in a courthouse or homeownership, land deeds, your car loans, your medical records, a patent, your academic transcript, your promotion history could transfer from one company to another if it were an NFT. Even things like voting have the opportunity to be you know, input into an NFT use case. So while those things are less fun to talk about and they're a little bit more nebulous to think through, I think it's really empowering that we're at this very early stage right now and that we have this opportunity to take out some of the really inefficient middlemen that we rely on very heavily in today's society. 
Thank you all for joining me in today's podcast. We've got to learn so much about the different opportunities in the NFT and Web3 space and how we can empower more people to come along with us on the journey. Thanks for having us, Jess. Thanks, everybody. And also, I'm Madi Maliha. Thank you so much. I've learned a lot from you guys. It's been very edu- educational for me. Thank you to all the speakers and to Jess as the host. It's been wonderful to hear the diversity of opinion as we talk here and think about the future potentials for this space. I think even this group here has a lot of different ideas about what will come in the future. And we're just a very small cohort of this entire world of Web3. So excited for what's to come. And thank you to to Meta for facilitating this conversation. Thank you so much, Jess, for being an amazing host. And to my fellow panelists, it was amazing hearing all of the different ideas and learning from all of you. Thank you so much, Meta, for hosting us today. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this panel discussion on the social impact of NFTs. And I'd like to thank our guests, Malia Abidi, Elisa McAline, Maddie Lieber, and Renfe Zhu for joining us and sharing valuable insight into this new and innovative space. And an extra special thanks to our moderator, Jess Liao. You can listen to another panel discussion moderated by Jess in our episode on innovation and entrepreneurship. There'll be links to that episode and any other resources mentioned in today's show notes. Thank you for listening to the Business Innovation and Technology Podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review.